In this podcast episode, I am talking with Sharon Livingston. Sharon has a PhD in humanistic psychology. She does private coaching and consulting, and she also does psychological research for various companies and products. Her website is emotionaleatingsecrets.com, where she shows you how to recover your sanity when food has become a four-letter word. Let's get into it. Okay, so what would we describe as emotional eating? First of all, there is some misconception that some people are emotional eaters and others are not. The reality is that we are beings that have mind and intellect and physicality and emotions, and you can't really divorce your emotions from any action. They're always there. But what we tend to call emotional eating is when uh, we're eating when we're not hungry. We're eating because we have a whim, we have a craving, or more importantly, when we usually when we call it emotional, it's because we're angry or we're sad or you know our feelings are hurt, um, or even if we're happy. And some people eat emotionally because they're over happy. Like, oh my God, this is wonderful. Let's party. You know, let's celebrate. Yes, I do that. But, but the biggest deal is that, and you know, a little bit of that is okay, but when it gets out of hand and it becomes a health problem where people are, you know, um, carrying a lot of weight around or um, when it's, I mean, you can be thin and still have a health issue with food because, you know, um, you know, sugar creates yeast, and yeast is a really horrible thing to have in your system and creates all kinds of problems. So it's not just being overweight, it's, it's eating things that might make you sick. I guess that's where the issue comes into it. Some people might think that, so what, you need to eat to survive, so what does it matter if I'm happy, sad, depressed, not hungry? You know, they might not see that it's a big deal to do this kind of eating, but when it becomes, like you say, people become overweight or if they eat too much sugar, for example, they might that might lead to bigger health problems than just the emotional eating part of it. Well, and the other thing about it is if you eat a lot of sugar and starch, which all of us have done at some point in our lives, right? Yes. And all of us, all of us, you know, and, and we have moments when we're better and moments when we're not as good. But... What we do is we have empty calories that don't actually provide nutrition to the body. So, you know, we're eating recreationally, but we're not actually nourishing ourselves. So is this, do you think, an, a new problem, like the last, say, 100 years or even less in society that it's it's come about, that for whatever reason we've just, this is how we eat now as opposed to, Way, way back in the day, we were hungry, we <coughs> killed something, we ate it, we didn't have Oh, I don't know about you. I haven't done that recently. No. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't say as I've actually done that for my food either. But <laughs> You know, I, was, I used to be in a group when I was in my early 20s. I was in this you know, support group and there was um, a woman and her husband in the group who would um, go up to her her parents' farm, and they would kill the duck that they would have for dinner. And it made me a vegetarian for a long time because I'm just imagining that 
it was like watching a horror movie. I couldn't imagine it. And so there was a long time where I'd become a vegetarian because I couldn't bear the thought of killing an animal. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it is hard to imagine when you haven't done it. Like I, I've, I don't even think I've caught a fish before, so I certainly don't have any experience with it. But the reality is that we are, you know, omnivores and most people do need a combination of animal protein and vegetable protein. And, you know, we could, we could, um, always, there was a book about the secret life of plants that, you know, plants were alive too, and they even had emotions and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to go kind of crazy with that. The, re- the thing is we need protein and we need healthy fats um, we don't really need that much white flour or sugar. We don't really need it. It pleases us, but then it takes away from the other things. So I think that's a, a big problem that we run into. And, you know, there's not one diet in the whole world that tells you not to eat green vegetables, right? Yes. Not one. Nope. So, I mean... There are some people who tell you don't eat fruit. There are some people who tell you don't eat sugar. There are some people who tell you don't eat starch. There are some people who tell you don't eat fat. But nobody tells you not to eat green vegetables. So I think that there's a clue in there. Yeah, I guess if, it, if it's pretty consistent across all the – even like I have never done um, the Atkins diet or one of those extremely high-protein diets, but I'm sure somewhere in there you have to eat some kind of vegetable or salad. Right. For fiber and at least for fiber, if nothing else. Right. And plus they're, they're full of all kinds of nutrition, like, you know, broccoli with its vitamin C and, uh, and spinach and, you know, all the different kinds of lettuces and kale. Oh, my God. Kale is like this amazing superfood. So, so we know. But just think about it. Does anybody ever overindulge in kale? Um, I've never heard of anybody doing that. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine, you know, somebody writing in and saying, I've got this problem, I have a kale addiction, I just can't stop eating kale. I wonder if you would turn green if you ate too much kale. I'm pretty sure you would I, never do that. <laughs> no, well, I mean, you can turn orange from eating too many carrots. Uh, yes, yes, that's true. But we, we don't turn green from eating too much green food. So I, I think there's something in, in there. <laughs> So things that are really good for us don't tend to addict us. Oh, really? Right. I wonder why that is. Well, because one of the things that they've discovered is that when you get nutrition, you your hunger stops. You know, that like, oh, my God, I need something, I need something, I need something. And, you know, some people will, will go to sugar and starch. You know, oh, my God, I need a potato chip, I need a cookie, I need a flan, I need a whatever, right? Yep. And, um, I need a candy bar. If you if you if you can discipline yourself to start the day with like a big green smoothie, chances are you're not going to be craving the candy bar. And is that because you're getting the the nutrients and all the right. vitamins or minerals, whatever's in the food? And I guess yes. it's a chemical reaction in your body and in your brain that tells you you must have the cake or the chocolate. So by having the appropriate like inputs to that you don't have that chemical reaction right right you, you shut down you shut that down yeah. the, but if you don't like if you go through the day and 
you know, you don't eat first thing in the morning and you start getting hungry, then your your brain needs energy. And the first thing that most people think about is something sweet or starchy. Or a coffee. Or co- exactly. But I guess that's a whole other issue. <laughs> and, you know, there are some, you know, I think everything in moderation is probably okay. But, you know, where we get, when it becomes an emotional issue, it's when we're, we're acting as if it's, you know, a substance and we're using it as a substance. Yeah. So how can people identify whether they're actually eating correctly or if it's an emotional problem they have? Like, how can they step back and go, I guess keeping a food diary might help? It's a really good idea. Yeah. And just taking a look at what you're eating. And if it's mostly sugar and starch, even if you aren't, you know, overweight, you're probably deficient in nutrition. And you're, you're eating out of something other than, um, you know, it's like, could you imagine? Yeah. Could you imagine putting, well, you might be hungry. You're eating out of hunger, but not out of, um, out of the need for fuel. It's like filling your gas tank with like liquid sugar. I mean, it wouldn't go anywhere. It needs gas. That's a good analogy. Right? Yes. So, and we would never overfill our gas tank because it would just fall out. Yeah, that's actually something um, that's a good thing to keep in mind. That you wouldn't, and actually I heard something recently. Someone said you wouldn't feed, like if you had a racehorse, that it was worth, you know, millions of dollars and it, it was racing regularly and earning you all this income. You wouldn't feed it what, what we Junk. eat. Yeah. Because you really wouldn't. No. So I guess there's we as humans obviously have different issues than other animals. Like I guess it comes from whatever makes us human, the the intelligence, so to speak. It gives us but, uh, these but, other problems. But, I mean, you know, horses probably would go to eating, you know, grass and stuff, but like my dog Stewie, who is the cutest thing in the entire world, he would eat anything in front of him. He he would he would be a chubby bubby dog if um, if I let him. He would eat candy. He would eat he would eat junk. But you know, dogs. He, sorry. <laughs> would that yeah, be his natural instinct though, or is that because like you've a human being has put it out there? Like if they were just eating what they needed to eat, would they go to the junk food? Do you think so? Wolves don't get fat. I don't think. Right. But dogs who have been domesticated to live with humans have become part human. And they do have, they do have a uh, taste bud for sweet. And they like sweet, so they'll eat sweet. Oh, that's interesting. It's sad, isn't it? It is. It, yeah, it is a bit sad. I guess that's and they why. Will, and, and they will overeat. Yeah, I guess that's why domestic animals can be obese, whereas if you went out to like you say, wolves or out, just out into the wild where there's just animals doing what animals do. You don't, necessarily, you don't come across an obese bear or an obese fish or something. Not unless they're right about to hibernate. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's true. Oh, dear. Right, so, or, and like moose, moose have to eat constantly to keep their body weight up. So... I mean, animals are, are, are different in the wild. But once they become domesticated, dogs and cats get fat. Oh, I'm feeling a little bit depressed, my poor puppy dogs. 
<laughs> all comes down to me and what I do to them. Well, but, you know, if you take good care of them the way you would take care of that prize horse, racehorse, then they stay. I mean, you know, Stewie and Zach, our two dogs, are, you know, they're, they're normal-sized dogs. And Zach is actually quite mean. Um, Stewie's a shih tzu, so he's kind of got a stocky, natural build. But, you know, you can feel his ribs. Yep. So, but if it were up to him, he would eat anything. Anything that we have at the dinner table, anything that's junk, he would eat. He would eat crackers. He would eat sweet things. He's crazy dog. <laughs> uh, all right. So how can we, or what can we do to help stop doing these, these things, doing the emotional eating or overeating, for example? Do you have any, just some quick, I mean, maybe it, it might take longer than just a few tips on a podcast, but are you able to give some, uh, just some strategies well, that people might be able to use? So the most important thing is to really think about what it is you want and not just give in to anything you happen to have in the house. You know, like I've spoken to lots of people who are addicted to chocolate and instead of going out and finding the exact right piece of chocolate and having the exact right amount that they want to have, they will, they'll settle for, you know, Count Chocula or something like that, you know, like chocolate flavored cereal that's absolute junk that you know, it was not at all satisfying. It didn't get them their chocolate fix. So one of the things I invite them to do is, well, think about exactly what it is that you want. And now, where would you get that? Where might you find that? And, and go and get it. And while you're doing that and thinking about all the different ways you might get it and, you know, what it would be like, um, one thing you might do is think about you know, going back in time to your first memories of wanting that particular thing. And very often it's attached to something to do with a person. And it's a way of getting comfort. What we do as human beings with food is we comfort ourselves the way that our mothers did or whoever the caretaker was when we were very little. And when we need comfort, we go back to that moment and since we can't have mom or whoever that was for whatever reason or just because we're embarrassed we don't even think about that but instead we think about the food attached to the moment so with chocolate for example i don't know why i'm thinking about chocolate right now but oh no we need a piece of chocolate (laughs) do you need a hug yes exactly you might need a hug you need something sweet in your life so when we want something sweet, it's very often because we need something sweet. We need a hug. We need, um, we need to snuggle. Or maybe what would feel really good is to get into, you know, a soft bed, right perfect temperature, um, you know, all snuggled up with a good book. Maybe. And, and maybe with, uh, you know, one of the things that's, uh, that you can do if you want is find a substitute. So one thing you can do is go and find that exact right thing and savor every moment. Eat it mindfully so you taste every little bit of it. Don't just chow it down, but, you know, let it, um, you know, move over your tongue and feel it with your teeth and, and all of that. And usually when people do that, they need much less of it 
than if they just mindlessly throw it down because they better get it because they're never going to have it again. So, so, so that's one approach. And the other approach is to find a substitute. So for example, uh, I discovered that I, I don't know if you have this where you are. Do you have Chobani yogurt? Uh, it does not sound familiar to me, no. So uh, there were a whole bunch of new Greek yogurts that have been out for the last few years. And you can get them in all kinds of unusual flavors, like pineapple and stuff like that. And they're thick. They're thick. They're cold. They're a little sweet. And to me, they're just as exciting to eat as ice cream. But they're actually good for you. So, so one is get that one thing and really go for it. Another one is find a substitute. And if you're, if you're up to it, to try to go back and see what you're really looking for. And maybe give your mom a call. Maybe, um, maybe you know, with some other memory. You know, maybe it's a friend that you played with when you were little. Yeah. And, and reestablish that. Or just call a friend now or send a text or arrange to go for a walk with a friend or something. Yeah, just yes, some kind of variation on what you like. So what you can do. So if you if you can't call your mum, yeah, do the next best thing or something like that. Or can you imagine if instead of having that chocolate, he went for a walk? You would feel much better, I'm sure. Well, and also you'd burn off extra calories, you know, so... <laughs> And you would probably also come back feeling a little bit proud of yourself for not having the chocolate. And, and it's okay to have a little chocolate. It's really okay. It's, it's when it gets out of hand that, um, that we go crazy with it. And, and again, if you don't have, I don't know if this has happened to you, Casey, but I know it has to me. If I have that craving for something and I ask myself, it's emotional, I say yes. Do I still want it? And I say yes. And if I don't get the thing that tastes just right, then I eat too much. That's when I eat too much of it. If I get exactly what I want, I can have a limited amount. It's when I didn't get it satisfied because I was too lazy to go and get the right one that I keep eating and eating and eating. Actually, yeah, that, that actually does sound familiar that I've done that. Oh, I thought PG. Yeah, the, yeah. If you if, if you want, you the, knew that about me, huh? No, no. That that now that you've said that, I can I can think of examples where I've done that. Where, yeah, I I say I want like you say a chocolate, but all that's in the cupboard is some that cooking chocolate that's not very nice or something like that. And you have that, and it's right. just it's not what you wanted. So you've had the bad chocolate, but you're still wanting the good chocolate. And you so you just you keep eating, or you then you go and get another thing to try and satisfy it. And if it's not right. the one the one thing that you wanted, then it's yeah, it doesn't work. Exactly, exactly. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks, Sharon, for for having a quick chat. Um, and if people would like to know more about you and your program, they can go to emotionaleatingsecrets.com to find out more. That sounds great.